been a great morning of worship. I know some of you were out this morning for the, the sunrise service at 6.30, which is awesome, but it's also too early uh, for the record. <laughs> but it is, it's awesome to be able to worship uh, with others on this day. Uh, it's kind of funny because Easter comes around, and it, it, I don't know, it, it, it felt this year like it's like the World Series of Christianity. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the day. Some people think that Christmas is the day, but then you get to Easter, and it's, it's more miraculous than Christmas, and Christmas is pretty miraculous, right? Um, we're going to uh, spend some time this morning as the kids go back to blast to learn more. Uh, we're going to be talking about the same stuff in here, um, of course, because it's the same message, no matter how old or young you are. This message of what Jesus did uh, for us, what he does for us, and what he will do for us, and maybe... If you can pull back a little bit and think about the context of history all at the same time that Jesus did, Jesus does, and Jesus will do these things for us. And so I want to talk about that this morning a little bit. For those of you who haven't been hanging out with us for the last few weeks, we did a little three-week series that are coming into Easter, which we're finishing on today. And then for those of you who are planners, because some people have been asking, so what's next? What are we doing? We're going to go back to the Gospel of Mark, which is phenomenal. We're picking up, I think, in Mark 9. So if you uh, want to read ahead, that would be great. We finished up Mark 8 a few weeks ago. So, but we're going to talk this morning on Easter. So to catch you guys up, if you haven't been here, and I, I, I rotated my little stool around here because we had talked a few weeks ago about kind of the four approaches to a full, a full life of discipleship, right? And we talked about proclamation. I'm just going to catch you guys up if you weren't here. This wasn't part of the series, by the way. This is just a Sunday we did this. But pro- proclaiming the word, we do that this morning. We're going to tell you that Jesus died for your sins. You can be free, right? And that's what we celebrate as Christians. That's why Easter is the World Series of Christianity, he died that we might be free. And then uh, the second leg is what Dale talked about earlier with family groups or um, Bible studies. We have men's Bible studies, women's Bible studies. We have crabby meets on Sunday nights to study the word more in depth in smaller groups, right? You can do that. You can have a Bible study in your home like, where you don't have to even like invite us over. Just have some friends get together and read the word together. You study the word of God deeply and ask hard questions. I hope you do that. And then we talked about meditating on the Word of God, like um, studying ourselves. And then the fourth leg we talked about was counseling others. If you want to give someone really good advice, here's a great place to start. The Scriptures. <laughs> like, or if you want to think, is this good or bad advice? You might want to read the Bible and say, does this make sense in what the Bible says? Because we're all full of opinions, most of which are wrong. And that would include me. So I'm going to turn this this way because we've been doing this series um, meditating on the last words of Jesus. And this is kind of a funny thing to do on Easter Sunday morning because, as most of you know, by now we had Good Friday on Friday. We remembered the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf. But then today is Resurrection Day. But I want to kind of tie it together in a very clear, tangible way this year for us. We were talking about these words of Jesus. And all these words, including the words today, will come from the cross. And so we're going we're gonna to see them said from the cross, but we want to apply them in our actual real lives now. That's my prayer, by the way, that when you leave here today, when I leave here today, I can look at my life differently because of what Jesus said on the cross. Okay? And that's what we want to talk about. By, by the way, the first three were pretty simple. It was, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. When we were crucifying Jesus... We didn't understand the totality of what's happening in the cross. Many of us assume to know, well, yeah, he died for our sins. You know, you can answer that question easily, but do you really get that? Do I really understand that? 
And then last week, it was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He said that from the cross while he's dying to God. We talked about that last week. But this week might be my favorite word from the cross. And if you've been in Family Bible a while, you've heard me say this before. It's probably my favorite word because it's, it's one word, and it's the very last word he says. It's actually found in the Gospel of John. In this series, we've covered three of the four Gospels in considering the last words of Jesus. But this is from the Gospel of John, chapter 19, and verse 30. And I have it up there for you. But this is what Jesus said on the cross just before he died. He said, it is finished. It is finished. As a matter of fact, uh, we went to a Good uh, Friday service together as a community. And this was the text for the Good Friday service. It is finished. But I want to take some time today uh, and expound on that a little bit. What does that mean? What is Jesus referring to and why does it matter that he says it's finished? Why would that matter to us? I'm going to do what we always do. I'm going to pray. We believe that the word of God is inspired by God to be captured, recorded, and passed down. That's not it. We believe that God can inspire you and I, wherever you are in your life, to understand what the word of God says, the Bible Many people have said, I read the Bible, it makes no sense. I'm going to say, are you praying about God would reveal truth to you through it? God, will you show me, maybe even if this is true? I'd encourage you to do that. But we're going to do it together as a community. We're going to pray, and then we're going to study the Word for a few minutes here. Pray with me, if you will. Father, we thank you so much for this Resurrection Sunday. We thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus all the time not just once a year. We thank you for him every day of our lives because we have life in his name. We thank you for the way that you come to us right where we are. We thank you for your great mercy, your ridiculous grace, and the forgiveness that you pour out that we don't deserve and we don't even have the wisdom to ask for. And yet you give it. We pray a prayer of thanks today that we can worship you and we celebrate with this church body, but also the bodies all throughout this community our nation, and the world who remember today your Son and our Savior. And we pray today as we come into your house, the house of prayer, to study your word, to hear more from you, that you would be our teacher, that you would instruct us in our hearts, that you would soften our minds and change our thinking, that we might see clearly the truth, that we might know you more fully. Father, only you can do this work, and we rely upon you for it. Would you grant us your presence today as our teacher and our Lord? We love you so much. We thank you for your um, undying kindness to us. And we pray this prayer with all hope and expectation in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to turn to the Gospel of John, I would encourage you to do that. If you brought a Bible, you can probably find it. It's the fourth gospel. If you didn't bring one, grab one off of the chair row at the end or the table in front of you. It's okay if there's more than one person at the table. Just grab the Bible and check it out. We're going to look at page uh, 756. I'm going to read a few verses around it. We like to do this. And then we're just going to talk about this word he says where he says, it is finished. Check it out. Verse 28. Later, knowing that all was now completed... And so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. 
a jar of wine vinegar was there. And so they soaked a sponge in it, and they put the sponge on a stick and, of the hyssop plant, and they lifted the stick to Jesus' lips. And when he received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. It's the word of the Lord, right? This holy moment, and he takes the drink, and then he says, it's finished. But you see, the reason, and you're going to have to forgive me now. We just sang about forgiveness. <laughs> the reason I get <laughs> so excited was he said one word. I want to talk about that today. He said one word from the cross. The, have you ever heard someone say, oh, I was there when so-and-so died, and someone says, what, did they say anything? What was their last words? We inherently know this is a big deal. And on the cross, before that first Easter Sunday morning, this is the word that Jesus said. It is finished. But in Greek, it's one. One word. Tetelestai. I know many of you don't care about Greek, don't like Greek. I'd like to bring it back as a language, honestly. <laughs> I wish we could all speak Greek, man. It'd be so cool. But this one word, tetelestai, captures Jesus' belief, intent, and um, knowledge in that moment about what has happened. He said, it is finished. I think I have a slide for this. Let me see if I can go back. By technology. Maybe I don't. Okay. It is finished. Tetelestai. I want to talk just for a minute. Just allow me this grace to geek out for a minute on what the word means. I won't bore you too much. I hope I don't bore you this morning. Because the gospel of Jesus is not boring. And if it's boring, it's my fault, not his. Believe me right? Nothing more exciting in your life than knowing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope you believe that this morning. But in this one word, it can be maybe translated more accurately, it has been finished, right? Like, it's done. It's over. It happened. Um, everything that was accomplished, that needed to be accomplished, was accomplished, on Good Friday, the pastor who preached at the community service, he said, it's about paying a debt. And it is. It's about paying off a debt. It's about paying a bill. It's about owing someone something that, that they um, have a right to. As a matter of fact, this is really crazy, and maybe you can't relate to it right now, but it has this root kind of in taxes. <laughs> you know the two things that are certain in life? Death and taxes. The word has its root in the idea of taxes. It's what's owed. But what Jesus said is not it's owed. He said it's paid. Tadalistai, it's over, it's done. Another way that we might be able to get our hands around this, and you go, because that, you know, Greek, oh, Greek, it's so weird. Like, who knows Greek, right? But the, the word that we have for telescope, how many, we were talking just before the service, we were talking, um, before we prayed in the back, <laughs> about a magnet that you put on the end of a thing and you pull it out to, to get something. Like, you're, you know, I'm talking about if you're a guy, no offense, if you're a girl, do you understand that? I mean, I'm just saying, is that rude of me? Gee, guys, come on, you're killing me, right? Like, I'm not being sexist, probably am. I'm just saying that, you know, you drop the nut down inside the motor, or the, and you try to, you pull out, you call it telescoping. It's a telescoping magnet. You pull it all the way out, and some of the women are like, I know what that is. Yeah, I know, I'm not, you pull it all the way out. And then you reach down there, and then Ryan says it sticks to everything except what you want to grab, which is reasonable. <laughs> Listen, pulling the, or the, 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 the telescoping 
here, I want us to get a vision. It's this, that, that's the teleos. That's the completion. That's the extension. It's as far as it can go. It, it's fully extended. And unless you think the Greek doesn't apply to you, it's where we get our word telescope from. The word telescope has the same root word as tetelestai. See, that helped me out a little bit. Because I go, okay, it's not just about extending that scope. It's not just about extending that scope as far as it'll go. But it's about then looking and seeing as far as you can see. All this is captured in this word that Jesus uses from the cross. Tetelestai. So that's a little bit of the Greek geek stuff happening. I apologize if that offended you. If you're bored, you can now pay attention again. Because here we go. I want to talk about what does this mean then? When he says from the cross, it is finished, what does it mean? And this just came from meditation. We're going to talk about some places in the Word we can find this. But what did he mean when he said it's finished on the cross? I want to start with what did it mean for Jesus? The, the person who said it. Like, well, what does it mean for Jesus? I'm going to walk through here some, some practical things. First of all, it meant in that moment that it was the, the completion of the perfect incarnation of God in human form. It's finished. I mean, if you think about it, and I know you're here on Easter, and you're like, yeah, but he was raised, right? Yeah, but that's the fulfillment of the kingdom promise. This is the completion of his human incarnation. Fully God, fully man. It's finished. You think Christmas is the miracle. Easter is the miracle. It's finished. The work is done. Another thing that we can think very practically about if you think back to Good Friday is it is finished because he's done suffering. <laughs> he's finished suffering. At least in the human form. We, we don't know, right, beyond the, that moment, but it is done. He says it. He declares it. It's over. No more spitting in Jesus' face, right? No more mocking him. No more beating him. No more pushing crown of thorns onto his head. No more nailing him to a tree. It's over. If you've not read the story, man, I'd encourage you to read it. I would encourage you to read it about how Jesus, Jesus gave his life, willingly laid it down. So the suffering's over. But, but I think those are some short view, some short views of what it means to say it is finished. Because like that telescope, I want you to understand that in the moment, Jesus on the cross is completing a work that God had ordained before the foundations of the world. Huge. As far as you can see, as far as you can know, it's finished. I'm going to share a passage of scripture with you from uh, 1 Peter I'm going to put it on the screen. You can, you can jot it down. You can turn there if you want. You don't have to. But we're going to look at uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. This is what the word says. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life that was given to you by your forefathers. It's not what redeemed us. But it was the very precious blood of Christ, a lamb that was perfect without defect, he was chosen, this is in verse 20, right? He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these times for our sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, so that your faith and your hope are in God alone. See, that's something that we might be 
tended to think, I mean, this is excusable, but it's, it's, it's uh, pretty common to think that the cross of Jesus was God's plan B, right? You, you got some thinking that goes, hey, you know what probably happened is God made things just so, and then humans screwed it all up, and then God goes, oh, what are we going to do? Can I get a volunteer to go fix it? And Jesus is like, yeah, I'll go for you. You send me, right? But then you have passages of Scripture such as this that say before the foundations of the world, before the creation began, before God spoke the universe into existence, he purposed his son Jesus for this purpose. You see it again. I just want to be fair. Verse 20, Christ, that's the first word, was chosen before the creation of the world, but revealed now in these times for your sake for our sake, right? So this was not God's plan B. This was God's plan to redeem his people in full righteousness. Isn't that amazing? I was reflecting on this this week and I was thinking about religious wars, holy wars, right? There's a bit of trepidation, by the way, we ought to pay attention to all throughout the world today that there are Christians worshiping in houses of worship just like ours that they may very well be targeted by people who don't agree with them in their faith. They might die today at Easter service. And you think, well, that's so, man, the times we're living in, it's so crazy. And then I was reflecting, I thought, you know what? The very first murder in the Bible was a disagreement about religion. Remember the two brothers? They both sacrificed to God. God's pleased with one, not pleased with the other. Then the one who God's not pleased with kills the other one. Very first murder. Heard someone say this week, uh, that um, religion has killed more people in human history than any other blah 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 something the other you know and that sounds right to us sometimes doesn't it it's all in the name of God what what are we doing and then you go no wait man <laughs> humans have killed more humans than any other cause in history it's humans man that do that stuff so here we have this uh, fulfillment of God's purpose that very first murder it's found its redemption in Christ on the cross. The very first sacrifice is not worthy, not pleasing. It's made fully pleasing in Jesus Christ. You have to take a long view. And I think if we aren't willing to take a long view, we can't understand what Jesus is saying. If we just go, well, yeah, he said, I'm done on the cross today. He says, no, it's, this is finished. Listen, this whole sin business is finished. This whole murdering one another is finished it's arguing it's finished i've come you might have peace he laid his life down for us we don't deserve it he gave himself that we might be free and not just you and me but every other sinner in the world come on now so that's one way i want to look this is a long view right jesus died that we might be free but it was always god's plan here's the second thing though he says tetelestai and it's got a time component, right? There's this idea of when. And uh, so the first is for Jesus, but the second is forever. When he says it's finished, he means it's finished. He doesn't mean it's intermission. He doesn't mean hold the phone, let's see what happens next. He means we're done with this. It's, it's, it's happened. 
It's been fulfilled. You know, I told you that telescope that extends out. It doesn't go any further. It doesn't have, the designer doesn't make it to reach any further than this. This is the limit of what the call was to do, and I've, I've done it. It's finished. You remember, we're going to go back to Mark. He, sa- he set his face for Jerusalem, right? This is the goal. This is the target. This is his, his final destination on this earth. And it's, it's, it's done forever. Sometimes um, we'll, we can be like, you know, well, that was for them, but what about for us now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Matter of fact, right away at the beginning, right at resurrection, right, all the disciples can't believe what's happening. They finally believe it. And then one dude comes back and he's like, I don't believe it. <laughs> Jesus was here like five minutes ago, Thomas. Didn't see it. <laughs> and then you're like, Thomas, right? You're like, 2,000 years ago, didn't see it, <laughs> you know? Right? Forever. It's done. I want to unpack that just a little bit for a minute, and then we're going to look at some scripture, right? What this means. The saints that died in the hope that God would send a Messiah, right? I'm talking the Old Testament saints that knew God was going to make a way, found completion in Jesus Christ. Um, one of the things we'll be talking about coming up is the transfiguration. You ever heard that story of transfiguration? Jesus goes up on the mountain, right? And then uh, Moses um, and Elijah and Elisha, I think it is, those three dudes show up on the mountain. Peter's there, right? And Peter's like, let's build an altar. You know, he's all excited because he, he saw something in Jesus. And you go, wow, Moses was there. What? What? Why was Moses and I heard some, this ain't mine, man. I heard some pastors talking about this, and it was so good. He said, you know what? Moses is like, oh, this is the one. You see, we're amazed because Moses is there. Moses is amazed because Jesus is there. Do you get that? We sat there with Peter, go, look at what Peter got to see. All these saints, and those saints are like, don't look at us. Why do you think of when he said, let's build an altar? He's like, what are you thinking? Build an altar to these three? You're standing with Jesus. They were bearing witness to the culmination, the fulfillment. It's forever. When Jesus says, Ted List on the cross, he's saying, for the hope of Moses, for the hope of Jacob, for the hope of Abram, who left his home and land to follow a God he didn't know. It's finished. So you go, great for them. What about for us? Same deal, right? It's done. You look back, it's done. Just, Just like Thomas doesn't matter if it's five minutes, 2,000 years, 4,000 years, whatever it is, we're going to look back to this moment with Jesus. If you get this, it's finished. Um, I want to share with you from the book of Hebrews, chapter 9. Again, I'll have the key verse up here. I'm going to read around it a little bit. Um, It's in uh, Hebrews 9. I'm going to read like 24 to 28. This is verse 26 on the screen for you. All right, check. This gets a little heady here, but listen to the word. For Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. I want to stop for a minute and just talk about Hebrews for a second. Hebrews is written after Jesus gave his life on the cross. They're reflecting on what it means that Jesus died on the cross. This is a letter to the Jews trying to explain what it meant that Jesus would die on the cross. What was this about, right? So this is a, a backward reflection on the cross and trying to understand what the cross was, what Jesus was doing. 24 again. Um, he, he now would appear in God's presence. He entered heaven itself, the word says. Nor did he enter heaven 
to offer himself again and again the way a high priest would enter the Holy of Holies every year with blood sacrifices that is not his own. See, it was not, not in a repetitious way. Verse 26. Then Christ would have to suffer many times since when? The creation of the world. There it is again. So Christ would have to suffer many, many times since the beginning of the creation if it were not for the way it went down. But now, it says, he has appeared once for all at the end of the age to, man, listen to the word, to do away with sin by sacrificing himself. Just as man was designated once to die and then to face judgment, so Christ was sanctified once to take away the sins of many people. And he will appear a second time, but he will not appear to bear sin again. He will appear to bring salvation to those who were longing for him. One time, forever, Jesus died on a cross. When he says, Tetelestai, he's saying it's finished. Like, and this is written after, right? But that's what he's saying. It's finished. The heavenly tabernacle is covered. The people were invited for all time and all places. It's history. I just don't, again, think we can get our heads around that enough. Tetelestai. So it's for Jesus, right? He's fulfilled his mission forever. All time future, all time past. There's no sin he didn't die to cover. No sin he didn't die to cover. And by the way, I hope you believe that today. I still continue to hear people say things that, and then go, I'm not sure God will forgive that. Do you understand what he meant when he said it's finished? It's finished. So the last then is for us. What does it mean for us when Jesus says, Tetelestai, from the cross? Um, I want to kind of uh, <laughs> um, admit this is we're learning this together, right? I mean, I learned this with you. You believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right? And yet all the pieces aren't fitting. Like everything doesn't, it's not perfect. Like things are still messed up. And you go, well, wait a minute. I believe I, my sins are forgiven. Why am I still struggling or having problems or whatever? Do I, do I need to be better? Should I be a better person? Am I supposed to aspire? Am I supposed to work harder or bootstrap? You know, pull myself up and get this thing done now? I know Jesus died for my sins, but now am I going to sanctify myself? And there's some scripture that's very hard when you read it. It says things like, you know, put off the bad, put on the good, put off the old, put on the new. Change your thinking. But I want to say to you today, I want to say to you today that when Jesus said it is finished, he meant you and me. Finished. For anyone who would believe in Christ, it's finished. Right? For Thomas who comes in and goes, I don't believe it. It's finished, Thomas. And Thomas believes. Oh, and then Jesus says what? Blessed are those who believe but have not seen. Right? They're happy because they believed. The work that's being finished, that has been, see there, the betraying my words, has been finished, is in us. It's in us. I want to share one final passage today from Romans chapter 6, verse 11. I'm going to take a minute to turn there. I'm going to read a little bit around it. I would encourage you, by the way, if you've been writing these down, or if you haven't been, you want to get them after this message, go and say, hey, I want those passages. I'll give them to you. I'm not ashamed to do that. Study for yourself. See what the Word says. Romans 6, 
chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 11 is on the screen. I'm going to read a little bit around it, starting in verse 5. The, church, the letter to the church in Rome says this. If we have been united with him like this in his death, right, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be, here it is again, church, done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Verse 8, now if we die with Christ, we believe that we also have life in him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again because death is no longer his master or death no longer has mastery over him. He's, he's already died. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And then here's verse 11. In the same way, and this is great instruction, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. See, he lays out this whole argument about if we die with Christ on the cross, if our sin was nailed to the cross, then surely we're gonna be raised with him in resurrection. And you might go, yeah, in the resurrection day, right? In the last day. But then he says, no, we're gonna have life in his name. And then in verse 11, and in the same way that Christ lives for God, we should make ourselves dead to sin or count, oh man, that's so good, ourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ. I think this is probably one of the most difficult passages to live, to count our, how many, how many, I'm just being honest, I know it's Easter Sunday, but how many of you just feel like you're constantly screwing it up? How many, yeah, right, I see some people. I mean, how many people just feel like it's like the sin's right there, nipping at your hand, you can't, you just can't get away. The word says, when you count yourself, count yourself dead to sin, and then, not just that, but count yourself alive to Christ Jesus. Listen, listen. I want us to assume ourselves into Christ so I think we spend too much time thinking about we sin man I know it I sin I'm not bragging about it. I know it but we should count ourselves as Christ raised bending toward God we should we should see it and the word of hope that we get from this is in the moment when Jesus says it is finished when he says that sin is paid for there's the idea that sanctification is coming Sanctification is a big church word. It means being made holy, being made perfect. The argument against perfection is that no one gets there. I'm not perfect yet. I've been a Christian a long time. I'm still not perfect. You're being made perfect. I have two really good words here, man. You, you've heard, you, I've heard it said before. They said, um, God don't see you how you are. He sees you how you will be, <laughs> right? But I think that misses the mark a little bit. I think God sees us exactly how we are but he knows how we're going to be. Did you hear that? Um, I don't think we have any reason to cower in fear for our sin before the cross of Christ because Jesus says it's finished, it's done. But I also don't think that we should worry because we aren't there yet because Jesus says it's finished, it's done. Lean into that. He sees us as we are but he sees us as we will become. 
And this is the great and glorious truth. That Jesus did not die and then leave us to ourselves. He died that we might be free and we might be with him, with God. This one simple word, Ted List, I, is so powerful. And uh, uh, some of you have been in my office before. Um, it's, it's pretty janky. If you've ever been in there, it's not very pretty. It's just not my thing, aesthetics, you know. Uh, but I've had really hard conversations, man, in my office. And I've had said some really hard things about myself in my office. And maybe you and I have said, and I've said some really hard things, and you're like, oh, man, that's messed up or whatever, right? And then this is what God gives me in that moment. Ted Listai try to flesh this out for you in the moment you're with someone and they aren't living up to the expectations i want you to see over them tetalistai has finished the the crown of thorns for whatever reason in my mind is there the crown of thorns the blood of christ it is finished if you can't see it today you you have to know it's finished if life ain't perfect yet you have to know it's finished but maybe better yet you're looking at others and you have to say, Tedalistai, but there's that man and woman in the mirror that when you see and you're the worst judge, you're like, you, I know you and you're messed up. I want us to see, listen, the words of Jesus, it's finished. The word says what? Count yourself dead to sin, but alive in Christ Jesus. He died that we would be free. And uh, the word is, it's done it's finished. I don't know if you need that in your life, right? I don't know if you need, man. And I know it's Easter, right? I mean, but I don't know if you need that to wash over you in some way. And maybe not like a show. Like maybe not a Sunday morning church thing. Maybe you only come here and you got dragged here maybe. And you're like, I don't, I don't like going to church, right? But in your life, listen, in your quiet life when you're alone. I mean, whenever you've been like flipping out and no one's even around and you're kind of mad at yourself. Ted Listai, like let that wash. Jesus said, this is what I died for. This is what I came for. So it's done with you. I don't know what it is in your life you might need that for. As we move into this um, uh, Easter celebration holiday, we must find our assurance in God himself and his word for us that it is complete, that he has done the work. As a matter of fact, at the uh, end of the Gospel of John, um, just like a, a couple chapters later, um, not, not the very, very end, it's in, it's in chapter 20. Uh, John, the author writes, uh, Jesus did many other miraculous things that we could write down. But these were recorded that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the very Son of God. And that by believing that, you might have life in his name. Just believing that truth, that Jesus is who he said he is, and that his words matter in our lives. I wonder if there are people here today um, who are clinging to the old dead life, you know? They're like, I know this ain't working. I know this ain't right. But I don't know what else to do, so I'm just going to hang on to what I know. I'm going to hang on to the dead. And my question is, why hang on to it if it isn't working? Why? And I know some of you are afraid. You said, if I reach out, what if it's not there? Well, what if it is, right? I'm, I'm hanging on to the stuff that I know, the brokenness, the sin, the, the, the pain, the hurt, the frustration, the unforgiveness. I'm going to hang on to it because I've known it for a long time. But what if hanging on to that and not just reaching because you're afraid 
that you, you're, you're not getting freedom. You're not being born again. What? You're not being delivered or rescued. See, the truth is that we have to let go of that dead stuff and reach out for Christ. Scripture says very clearly, if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. And that means right now, man, wherever you are. And you don't have to know how any of this stuff works, right? You just cry out, Jesus, I need you. Hey, good way to start is like this. It ain't working. It is not working. And I'll tell you the truth. Some of us Christians need to do the same thing. We just say, you know, I believe in Jesus, but I've made a whole bunch of other stuff up about it, and it ain't working. And I've got to let go of that and believe in Jesus because Jesus is better than all the stuff that isn't working. I don't know where you are. I'm going to invite you to pray with me um, and just ask that, that, that God would impress it on your hearts today and mine that it's finished. Pray with me if you would. Father God, we thank you so much uh, for the miraculous story of Jesus Christ, uh, for the totality of his person and his nature and his work and who he is, uh, for the reality that you revealed yourself to us in him and through your spirit and in yourself that you would show us who you are. But Father, today I pray that we would hear those words wash over us and, and maybe we'd, we, we'd, if we have that, if we've, if we've experienced that finishedness in your name, that we would apply it to those around us, that we'd find ways to actively apply it, believing it's finished when we can't see it. Father, um, we thank you so much for the work that you're doing in our lives. And you know what, Lord? We want real stuff. We don't want any artificial anything. We want real. So we need you because everything else is an imposter. I pray that you would help us to throw off those things that hinder us and that we could pursue you with uh, a full passion that you've given us. May you be glorified. I pray for every person here today that you brought something to mind for, that you'd be working in that. And that for your glory and for their good, for your glory and for our good, that we might be more complete this Easter, more like you, uh, more fulfilled. May you be glorified. We thank you so much for the work you're doing all the time. In Jesus' name, amen.